Um, today, we are starting a new series of Advent, which is called Make Some Noise. Anybody, anybody have any idea why we would want to name that at that? Any ideas? What's that? Christmas, okay. So I'm trying to figure out what's going on back here. Sorry, I think I got it figured out. No, I don't. Yes, I do. Here we are. Sorry about that. Christmas, all right, so that'd be one idea. It is church, and um, we're thinking about who this time of year? Other than Santa. Jesus, that's right. So we're getting pretty excited, we're getting pretty excited about that. Um, make some noise about this very important um, fact that Jesus came. Um, today's title is, Why All the Hype? And when we think of Advent, it is both a culmination and a commencement of all things. God, from the time of, of creation, spoke about the time when there would be someone that would come and save the people from their sin. So right from the very beginning, that was spoken of. So there was this anticipation that something was going to happen that was going to be marvelous, that was going to be miraculous. And then when we think of the actual season over 2,000 years ago, when Christ actually came, we see that as the commencement of something starting that has not, that has not been squelched all of these years. Jesus is the long-awaited Savior and Messiah who is predicted from the beginning of time. Advent is the commencement of a new age brought in by Jesus Christ himself. There's something that is exciting, that's worth shouting about, something that is worth putting a little bit of hype into as we think about Jesus Christ coming. This time of year should be opportunity for us to take a moment and reflect on what does Christ mean to you personally. For some of you, while you bake your cookies, while you, while you make things in your workshop, while you just pause and write cards, what are the things that you're thankful for, particularly this Christmas season, but particularly, more specifically, how does Christ intercept at this crossroad right now in 2023? We think about Advent when Christ came into, into the world we know that the times that were, they were facing at that aren't mu that much different than what we're facing today. Political unrest, wars and rumors of wars. Things are quite similar. Advent is a multi-tiered expectation of Christ's coming. The first coming was Christ's earthly mission to seek and to save the lost. The second is the work of Christ by his spirit among us. Christ said, I know that I must go, but if I go, I just want you to know that I'm going to send the comforter. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit that will be with you. And so we're living in that age where when Christ came, but his Holy Spirit is with us. And then there is the advent of him coming again. It used to be when I was just young in ministry, which was um, really about 40 years ago. I know it doesn't look like that, but 40 years ago, 
when we first started, there was like a thief in the night. There was a whole bunch of videos and shows and films that really talked about, you need to be prepared because Christ could come back at any moment. I think we've lost a little bit of that. Christ could come today. Are you ready? He came. He lived among us, sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. The scriptures tell us he's coming again. That's what Advent is about. Advent isn't in the Bible, just so you know. If you go looking for that, you're not going to find it. That's what the church decided, along with Lent, as vehicles, instruments to help us to really focus on, this, on the particular time, Advent, the coming of Christ. Advent is this moment when we take, uh, when we take to come and be fully consciously before Christ. So hopefully during the season you have opportunity to do that. How, how do we turn our day into Advent anticipation? How do we do that? How many of you like parties? Anybody like parties here? Okay, I know these, you guys are the, those are the people. Uh, I love parties. Ask, yeah, no, seriously, I do, I do. Um, but the problem is, is that I don't always do well at organizing it. So I, you ask my wife, you know, I, I'd be for a party as often as I could get one at our house. But then there is the organizing of that. What are some of the things that you have to do? Well, you have to decide what is being celebrated. Who's going to host the party? Um, how, do you, how do you get it all ready? What's the reason for the celebration? What and where? How many people will be coming? There needs to be a guest list. Who are you inviting? When we think about Advent and this getting ready for that, there needs to be these moments when we reflect and think about why are we celebrating this time of year anyways? How easy it is to get out of orbit to what it is that we should be focusing on. I don't know about you, but it just seems like there's so many things that are going on in the world these days. I still make it, we still make it a, um, a customer, a, a purpose for us is not to look at the evening news when we go to bed, before we go to bed. We just need time just to decompress. We may watch the, the local news, but after that, we don't watch anything else. We're not reading a lot on the internet about those things either. Not, it's not that we don't want to know what necessarily, but it's time for us to, to focus and to be ready for the honored guest. What would that look like? What, what, what does that look like for you? What, what would be the, the hype or the part of the party of getting ready for Christ's return? This focused, joyful time. This Advent, we will be focusing together as a church on passages of Scripture that are filled with the joyful noise of our preparation for the coming of Christ. In a world that clamors for our attention, what are we doing to stay centered? I thought this morning the, the songs and the scriptures were all pointing us in this direction. And so over the course of the next few Sundays, the next three Sundays, we will be continuing in that vein. In a world that clamors for our attention, how are we staying focused? Perhaps there's some Advent readings 
Um, this morning on version, as I was reading my scripture, passage of scripture today, it popped in there, Advent readings. So maybe there's some things on version, a Bible app that you could use, a Bible reading app that you could use to, to do that. Or, or you could buy a book. Remember those books? Um, nice, some of you got that, that's good. But there's some readings perhaps that would help you to, to focus. Or read the, read the passages of Scripture again. Um, uh, the, the passage of Scripture about the, the birth of Christ, the, the prophets that speak about his coming. And I pray for you that you would pray to be challenged this particular season that Christ would reveal himself again afresh and anew in your heart and in your life. So we start this Advent series, we acknowledge that Christmas Day is not far from us. Not very far at all. And in the midst of this bustling season, we quiet our hearts. We just sort of pull the RPMs down a little bit. May this be a place where you can just come and just sort of huddle in and just hear what it is that God wants to say to you. Through the emotional writings of the Psalms, there are many things to ponder like thanksgiving and salvation history, there's lament and there's trust as you read through the psalms. And every day I read, through, I read a psalm, sometimes it's two psalms, but constantly reading through the psalms um, throughout the whole year. And today, today we praise. Psalm 100 is what we're looking at today. So if you have your Bible, you can turn it there. As we move through this, we we're, uh, have the passages going to come up Uh, verse by verse, and we're going to take a look at it. Psalm 100 begins, make a joyful noise in preparation for the coming of God. Psalm 100 is a short and well-known psalm. It's one of thanksgiving, both praise and thanksgiving. In Hebrew, the complete book of psalms is is entitled um, praise. Even when we're lamenting, and pondering the harsh realities of life and all the things that are clamoring around us. If we are humbling ourselves before God, there can be this moment of praise even in the midst of that. As you look at the Psalms, instead of using rhyme and meter in a Western, as in Western poetry, Hebrew poetry uses a construction of parallelism, often stating a thought and then repeating it in a different way. Just like we would sometimes with our kids. You know, we, we sit down, we get down on, like this, and we just sort of look them in the eyes and just look at me. So I want you to do this, Johnny. And so what did I say? I want you to remember because I want you to do this. The psalmist, not in a childlike way, but in a learning way, says it one way and then says it another way so we can understand it. This hymn calls us to give thanks and celebrate. And then again, he says, what does he say? Give thanks. And celebrate. We have something awesome to celebrate, and that is the coming of Christ. And the fact that he's coming again. That is something for us to look forward to. Psalm 100, verses 1 to 2. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. As you'll note, there's, there's no room here for timidity. The psalm starts with a joyful shout like one would do for the arrival of a king. 
It would be like the shout that you would give when someone scores a goal. It, it, is, it is something that you, you just have to get out, it's something that you're excited about. It's something that speaks of happiness. It's like all inhibitions are set aside. It's like you're happy to be there, actually, and you just have to get it out. This hymn of praise was often sung during a religious festival. So they would, they would sing this. They would recite this as they remembered. We come together for Advent. We remember, and we look forward to the coming again of Christ. He's coming and he's coming again. And we don't forget that. So when life gets hard, life becomes difficult, we remember that Christ came into our world to heal and to save. And one day, Christ is coming again to take us to be with him. Charles Spurgeon writes, O happy God, O happy God should be worshipped by a happy people. A cheerful spirit is in keeping with his nature. We enter the presence of our great king and we sing. Verse 3 of Psalm 100 says this, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are the people and the sheep of his pasture. This word know is experiential. It's not something that we do from afar. Oh, I know so-and-so. No, it's I really know. I really know him. And the only way that you really get to know God is to spend time with him. It says, he, I know. To acknowledge that Israel's covenant, Jehovah, is the only true God. And we do that also by, know, by saying that we know God, by living like we know God. And that we trust him in all things. Even when life gets like a haywire. I don't even know what that means exactly. Is there any, any farmers here? Go, goes haywire. Alan, have you ever heard, you've heard that before? Goes haywire. Like, what does that mean? Just go crazy. J.I. Packer said this when, from his book, Knowing God. What, are, what matters supremely, therefore, is not in the last analysis the fact that I know God, but the larger fact which underlies it, the fact that he knows me. I'm, I'm graven on the, the palms of his hands. I am never out of his mind. All my knowledge of him depends on his sustained initiative in knowing me. I know him because he knew me first and continues to know me. Just think about that for a moment. That to me is a grand thought. The God who created it all thinks of you and thinks of me. He knows me as a friend, one who loves me, and there's no moment when his eye is off of me or his attention distracted from me and no moment, therefore, when his care falters. Isn't that a great thought? I think it's a great thought. J.I. Packer. In a culture that praises the concept of making ourselves into whatever we might desire, the phrase, not we ourselves, is a poignant reminder of our position before our Creator. He made us for His purposes. He created you. He fashioned you. 
He knew you in your mother's womb even before you were born. And he said, you are mine and you are special. Special enough that I would send Jesus my son, my only son, my only precious son to you. And when he came to me, the Holy Spirit came. And friends, I want you to know that he's coming again. God knows you intimately and loves you intimately, whether you realize that or not. And some of you here today just need to be reminded of that, that God loves you today. He thinks you're special. And if anything else, he wanted you to know that. Advent is that opportunity for us to know God, but also to be known by God. Isaiah 64, verse 8 says, He made us for his purposes. Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter. We are, are all the work of your hand. Psalm 23 speaks about this as well. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. All the things that he does for us, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Even to the very end of age. Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. This idea of thankfulness and praise are closely entwined in the fabric of us lifting up God, even in the midst of all the things that are going on around us. Praise is the natural outgrowth of thanksgiving, a celebration of a truly marvelous God. These gates are mentioned as they're indicative of the Old Testament um, temple, but through Jesus' death and resurrection, we now know that we as his followers are where God dwells. He's in us. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Our hearts and our lips are given uh, him, are to give him thanks and praise. You have the opportunity through the Advent season to allow yourself to know God, but also to allow God to know you. And for you to be a light and to have an impact in a world that is full of darkness. You have the opportunity of being that light to impact the world. I think it's, it's so cool. I could say that. It's, it's such a great opportunity for us as a church uh, coming up on Tuesday, at Tuesday evening for us to, to be part of this service that uh, Tubman Funeral Home and Matt, one of our congregants here, has put together for us to be able to gather the community and for us to talk about Jesus being the light of the world in a world that's full of darkness, even in the midst of our grief and going through grief to come and to be cared for by a God who loves us. So I'm so excited about the opportunity that we have to come around our community this Tuesday. And so I'd, I'd love it if you're able to come and just to be supportive of people that'll be here that just, just need to be cared for and to be loved. Psalm 100 verse five. 
For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures through all generations. That means our generation. That means today. That means your kids' generation and beyond. It means the ones that are not here yet. It means forever. What an amazing concept. See, Advent is so much bigger than just, say just, because I know that you guys just came and lit the candle. We so appreciate you. You did just a wonderful job. Advent is so much more than lighting a candle. It's, it's so much more than eating the chocolates, but I've got to tell you, um, I don't know what your calendar says, but Christmas is in four days. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> I may have got a little out of sequence. I'm not sure. But there's something as we... Some of you are just getting that. Some of you will get that when you get home. And email me if, that, if, you don't get, if you don't know what that means exactly online. There's something exciting about Christmas as we prepare ourselves for that. Every day is a day, to, is, is a day to wave our hands and to make a joyful noise before our God. For we are his children and that is worth celebrating far more than the treasures that one might find under a tree. At the beginning of this Advent season, we give thanks and we celebrate who God is, how he delivered us, and that is his faithful word to us that he will continue to deliver us into the future. Whether there's loss or anxiety or anything else that beckons you to draw inward with despair this season, I would encourage you even in those moments, there are moments for you just to, to settle into that and, and to allow that to over, over, overwhelm you, but there's moments also where it's okay for you to go turn on some worship and turn on some praise music and to lift and to shout to God the victory that he has already won. Remember that God is the creator. His plans are perfect. And he deserves our praise even in the midst of our challenging life. God didn't come the way the world had expected him. And I highly doubt that he will come the way that we plan this year. I'm encouraging you to open, to be open to God revealing himself to you in ways that you don't even know and I don't even know, but to be open to that this season. I'm encouraging you this season to open yourselves to all that God would have for you. Let's pray. I'm thankful, Father, this morning that as we pause to pray, that I'm mindful for myself that Christmas season is such a beautiful season, and I can so easily get wrapped up in um, the, the entrapments of the things that are happening around me. But I pray, like everyone else this morning, that you just help me to focus on the coming of Christ and what he means for me what he means for our church, what he means for this community, what he means for our country, what he means for this world. Thank you for coming. We praise your name for all that you are to us. And may your name be praised because you're worthy of that this morning. Amen.